So, Champ the D are back after a couple of weeks off, and we are joined by the golden groom and commentator extraordinaire, Mr. Mike Vince, who uh, I suppose, lads, we haven't been in touch uh, for a couple of weeks, and I think Ronan Groom is planning more holidays. Yeah, absolutely. In Ireland, there's nothing else to do. Mm. Staycations, where are you thinking, Ronan? County Wexford, I believe. Mm. I've been to, um, where have I been? Down to County Clare for the first time. Spanish Point, beautiful part of the world, and uh, more planned as uh, for the rest of the years to go on because we can't go anywhere else. Anything strange I, and I wonderful, Mr. Vince? I, I love County Wexford. I'd love to be there with you. And Wexford Town is is one of my favourite haunts. I mean, it's a wonderful place. And I went there to a wedding a few years ago in one of the twin churches. It's got to be right, hasn't it, that one of the two twin churches, which is the centre of Wexford, is on Bride Street. <laughs> <laughs> Bright Street. Mike, you need to get yourself to Kilmore Quay the next time you're in Wexford, right down on the south coast of Ireland. Good news, lads, this week, of course, as we preview the Irish Champions Weekend. But even better news, lads, four weeks until the start of the, the Jumps opener at Chepstow, which, Mike, is, I suppose that's the first meeting that I always look to uh, for the kick start of the, the Jumps. Which are you more looking, at, more looking forward to, Irish Champions Weekend or the Jumps returning? Me, I mean, I, I, I love, I'm really sad that, you know, the, the restrictions mean I can't travel this weekend. I held on to my ticket and my hotel reservation as long as I possibly could. Um, but for me, of course, the jumps, I'm interested in Listol later this month. And I'm also particularly interested in Limerick and the Munster National courtesy of an animal called Cabaret Queen, mm. uh, of which I happen to own a share. And of course, Hopefully she might try and win the Munster National for a second year running, though, whether I'll be allowed to fly in the country to call it again like I did last year. We can only wait and see. That's the unfortunate thing. I'm no long-term planning of any sort. All up in the air. Ahead, I suppose, of the first week, or sorry, the first race we're going to preview on Irish Champions Weekend, which is the Matron Stakes. Um, and let's have, that's my phone, lads. Let's have a listen to Mike's interview with the great Johnny Murta, who I suppose ever nears at 35 winners for the season. And he saddles, of course, know it all, uh, eight to one shot and, and goal winner as well, Champer Elise. Yeah, she's very good. Uh, she ran very good in the Rothschild over in um, France. She was third. Uh, so the plan was always to come back to the matron. She's fresh, she's well, uh, she works in the morning. She's the best horse we had in the stable. Like if I, I, I thought if we had a good horse this year, it was her. Uh, she ran well last year, just got caught in a group three. So uh, this year was went, going smooth for her. Um, first run was nice, won a group three next time. So all, all guns blazing towards the matron stakes. She works tomorrow morning, big workout for her. So hopefully everything will go well, scope clean, blood's good, work good, ready to rock. And she's she's big, like she's a very big filly, good breeding. She fat owns her, very good sire who I didn't know much about. Um, but he seems to be, you know, one of the top top stallions in Japan. And like what she did as a two-year-old always was, you know, was probably remarkable because she was so big. You knew she was gonna be a better three-year-old. Yeah, I think she's going there with a great chance. Now she has to improve seven to ten pounds to be involved in the finish with all the you know the good fillies that's in it uh, and she's stepping up to a mile again so she you know if she can improve in a group one mile seven to ten pounds from where she is i think she'd be fighting out the finish to win a race on champions weekend is the aim 
doesn't matter what the race is, every race is a championship race, big auction sales race, even the listed race, the first day, the first race on, on, on Saturday, the listed Phillies race, you know, the, you, you could get a Guineas winner winning that. So for us to win any race Champions Weekend would be, um, it's, it's, you know, it's one of the goals at the start. It's one of the goals two years ago, but it's a real goal there in the last number of months to see could we have a team, to see could we comp be competitive and to see could we win one race Champions Weekend. I know how hard it is to, to, to rock up against them. I know how hard it is to bring horses that are after improving 20 pounds to go there and think that they're going to have to improve another 10. Can they? I don't know. I'm hopeful they can. The seam is still in good form. The work is good. Uh, but it's, yeah, Ireland, Ireland for me is, as a jockey, it was one of the hardest places to ride because the jockeys were brilliant. And as a trainer now, again, you just see the standard. And the standard of the horses we have. Like the standard of the horses. When you're down the stable yard and you see the horses walking around just getting saddled before the races, it's it's unbelievable. You could bring any of those top 12 trainers in Ireland, put them anywhere in the world, give them 100 horses, they would make a go of it. Who's the biggest influence on Johnny Murta, the trainer? Biggest influence on Johnny Murta, the trainer? Um, well, listen, I... I I'm going to give you a few names that, who I worked for who really rubbed off on me, like John Ox for all those years early, um, Road for Michael Stout, Road for Aidan O'Brien, Road for a guy in Australia called John Sadler. Um, so a mixture of all those, you know, a, mix, a mixture of all those people like you'd like to be I think every one of those trainers were absolutely you know top 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 class trainers and for me it, when you get the good horses it, they're the ones you know that you can rock up you can win a group one you can let them down you can rock up to win four five group ones in a season that's a real test of a trainer and people might say ah yeah but what about the north of 65 lad that's another that's a different test but for me the greats are able to you know get the good ones and just keep them on a level playing field all the time and and, and, and turn up on the big day guns blazing every day on the big day and win and obviously listening to you and um, it looks as though you've probably got a stronger hand saturday than sunday probably wouldn't be an unfair um statement but what about leperstown you rode it for long it is a pretty fair track how much luck do you need i mean particularly in a race like the matron yeah listen leperstown is probably eight out of ten times the best horse wins you can be lucky you can be unlucky whereas cura nine out of ten times the best horse wins very fair long straight uh look yeah you need a bit of luck sometimes it can be tricky races around there slow pace but think with those nowadays the pace is going to be on um when you look at the field set up the pace is going to be on and listen in in ireland in the world you could not get two better tracks than leopardstown and the curra they are as good as as anywhere i've ridden and it's always nice to test a bit you know like 
they're not the, the jockeys are not like machines or you know they're not driving little cars you know they have to make those sometimes the jockey can make the difference and i didn't always think that i thought sure you're on the best horse put him in a good spot he's winning so sometimes the jockey can make the difference and that's not a bad thing either is it and the matron you rode three winners nobody has trained and ridden a winner of it be nice to put jay mercer in the history books wouldn't it yeah yeah well listen you know what if it doesn't happen this year it will it is going to happen but i don't know when so lads thoughts on the tree tenant leperstown is the first race we're going to preview uh the matron stakes it looks a hot renewal ronan the one I was interested in was Will Buick is 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 booked for Valeria Valerina Missalina twelve to one. Uh, we liked her early in the season. Uh, you could do worse, I think, than back in her each way. What was your, I suppose, thoughts? Did you do anything each way against, I suppose, the 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 ones at the top of the market? Yeah, um, I think you could do a lot worse than back her each way. I think it's that type of race, Barry, because it's. Um, it's much more open, obviously, than the champion stakes, which we'll talk about in a bit, where obviously Gaiath is head and shoulders above everything else. Well, there's not really a superstar here. There's good fillies, of course, fancy blue and peaceful, um, you know, two classic winners. But you wouldn't say that they're massively ahead of the rest here. And it's a much more open race than much more a better of a betting heat because it's an open race. Um, the market's concentrated on the two, uh, fancy blue and peaceful and... I'd be surprised now if Peaceful didn't go off favourite just on the on the basis of uh, facing Fancy Blue again over a mile. Obviously, Peaceful came out on top on the Curra. That was obviously the Irish 1000 guineas. And then Fancy Blue beat Peaceful over in uh, Ed, for the Prix de Diane in uh, Chantilly. So that was over 10 furlongs. And Fancy Blue has gone on and won the Nassau over 10 furlongs. And even at the Curra, she looked like she was, you know, always jewel. She was never near... Uh, until she got to the line, she was making ground all the time. So you'd kind of favour peaceful back of the mile. But we just listened to Johnny Murphy there, and I, I'm a big fan of both of his fillies. I think they're both really progressive. Know it all, obviously. Third in the Rothschild, uh, that was a big run, and she's coming back to course and distance. If she won Darrenstown's trial here, um, Champers Elise's is the one I'd probably come down on. I think she's been really progressive all season. Uh, uh, Johnny was talking about her. Um, they, she was meant to be sold out to America and uh, they didn't end up selling her and they had to back off her a bit. And for that reason, he didn't really fancy her when she went to Galway, thought she might need the run, but she went and bolted up there by seven lengths. He he, he dropped her off a bit then and gave her a bit of time uh, and one kind of uh, uh, warm up run at Goran and she won really well there as well. I just think she's very progressive. She stayed, it's her first time over a mile, but you know she she stayed seven and a half furlongs at, at Goran on, on heavy ground. So you'd like to think that she get it. Colin Keane is a great book, and uh, and I think obviously Johnny Mercer had a sensational season, and I think he's going to have a big weekend. He's lots of nice chances, and uh, what a way to round off what's been a, a breakout year, I suppose, than than land this Group One. And I'd give uh, a big chance for both fillies, but I come down on Champers Elysees out the two. Mike Vince, thoughts on thoughts on the matron stakes, and I suppose which of the two Murta fillies would you be favouring? All right, it's fascinating that uh, Kieran Fallon, of course, is now number two for Qatar. This is his first real high-profile ride for the uh, Qatar team. Yeah, yeah, he won the July Cup, but not on one of theirs. Um, interesting, they're running Champers Elysee again so quickly and slightly disappointing. There's no British challenger in this, so this stays at home. And I'm adding to that fascinating jockey bookings as well. 
uh, with Declan McDonough writing uh, New York Girl for Joseph and Billy Lee writing Wild Dreams. I just think that I will go for Peaceful. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I saw Fancy Blue win at Goodwood and it's quite a, a, an undulating mile and I called it. I thought she needed it. And I just think back over a mile with a short straight at Leperstown. Uh, if you think about it, very different track to the Curra. I think the conditions of the race might suit Peaceful better. But then again, I'm fascinated that Ryan Moore stays on Fantasy Blue. Peaceful for me. Know it all each way. Got every chance. Brilliant stuff, Mike Vince. Val Valeria Messalina uh, for me, lads. I think she did show a good attitude at Goodwin and was possibly, I suppose, unlucky uh, not to get up that day against her. She's, she's coming in here fresh as well. I, th I think she's a good each way bet. Uh, Mike mentioned the track there. Uh, Magical has won the champion stakes uh, last year. She goes in here again. Mike, myself and yourself have been banging on about Gayaf, I suppose, all season. He's now the highest rated horse in training. Will Leperstown suit him? Yes. I'm sorry to say, uh, and in fact, you know, I talked to Edna Brown last week, I said, has Magical been unlucky? Because if you think about it, she's chased home some of the very, very best. I think she's going to chase home Gaius again. Mm. And, and, and it's sad because she is a, a marvellous horse. Uh, and of course, let's not forget that <coughs> um, uh, Aiden's got uh, Japan and he's also got Armory in the race. I dearly, dearly love to see Magical win it. Uh, but I have seen nothing in four runs this season to suggest anything other than Gayath is effectively bomb-proof. Um, Got to give weight away to Magical, obviously, because of the of the sex allowance. Um, only Armory represents the three-year-old division, who is nothing like good enough. Um, Gayath is going to be five out of five in my book. Yeah, I agree, Mike. Uh, his best price now is 8 to 13, actually, Gayath. Uh, Japan 9 to 2. Magical 9 to 2. Satas, of course, the French challenger, 13 to 2. Good to see, uh, I suppose, him taking his chance. Colin Keane, interest in booking. Armory, 66 to 1. Leo de Fury is 66 to 1. Thoughts on, on this, my or Ronan Groom, would you would you concur? Yeah, look, it's I, I wouldn't be taking on Gayat very quickly, to be honest. It's one of those races that you'd love to be going to Leopardstown to see, but sadly not this uh, this year. Uh, look, look, he's 8 to 13. That's, that's not. A great price for a lot of people who won't fancy that sort of getting going in at that sort of price. I think he'd probably start a bit shorter, like he could be one to two or four to nine. He's beaten Magical, uh, you know, quite comprehensively at uh, at York. So, you know, if you're nitpicking with Gaia, you might say that he's he's he started his season quite early. He was in Dubai, I suppose, very early on in the year, and maybe just the way he his running style, maybe it's going to catch up with him at some point. But until you actually see that, you can't really make that case. So um, they seem to have found a key to him this season anyway. He's, he's obviously a lot more consistent, whereas seasons before, he, he put up a top-class performance and then he disappointed. Now he's putting up all top-class performances and I think they might have just found the key to him. Look, uh, if you're looking for something else down the field, uh, surprising Ryan Moore is on Japan, um, considering what uh, you guys were saying about Magical. I'm a big fan of Magical as well. I'd love to see to Love to see her win a race like this, but Jamie Heffernan's on her. They seem to have this ridiculous, uh, well, not ridiculous, but they seem to have this outrageous belief in Japan and Mogul at Ballydoyle. They just, they must show something amazing at home and they just haven't got to the bottom of either of them yet. Big boys uh, as well. Go on. Yeah. Uh, look, that, I wouldn't be surprised if he ran well, Japan. 
Uh, Sotsas is probably going to be the one who's the biggest danger. Jean-Claude Rouget obviously won this with Almanzor in, in, I think it was around 2016. And Sotsas has got quite very good form. Like, you know, you look at the pre, he won the Prix de Jockey Club. He beat Persian King. So if you allow that the form boast of what Persian King did last week, uh, that was that looks very good form. He was he was third in the arc, remember? And I, I'd imagine Jean-Claude Rouget having won this race before has probably been targeting Sotsas at a here all year. So he's probably hoping Gaev wouldn't come over. But you're probably going to get a peak form uh, Sotsas here and uh, I'd probably back him to chase Guy at home, but yeah, as I said, it's probably a race to watch rather than have a bet. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about Gaeaf. Uh, obviously, he had that run in February in in, in Maidan, but it, I thought his best performance actually was over a mile and four. Uh, you might remember back at at Newmarket, um, and I think he actually broke the track record, uh, beating Anthony Van Dyke. But obviously, has kind of gr- grounded out then against Enable and then beat Magical as well. No reason why he can't. I suppose, do the same again. St. Ledger focus, guys. Um, we're going to cover both St. Ledgers now. The first one, Mike, will cross the channel over to Doncaster, uh, the English St. Ledger, where I suppose San Diego travels over, the Irish Derby uh, winner. Roland, actually, we'll come to you because I know you like one here. Yeah, I like Galileo Chrome. I just think he's really progressive, Barry. Um, look, uh, I, I, it's an open, another open kind of group one and it's interesting that Joseph has sent him over here because he could have went for the Irish Ledger um, but I think, don't think that's the worst race this year the Irish Ledger, I was just looking at it again there and rather than go for that you could take on three year olds here instead look, uh, Pile Driver and Santiago are going to head the market here and I think he can pick holes in both of them I'm not absolutely convinced that Pile Driver will stay Um you know, I think he's probably got the best form in the race, but I'm not convinced the two and a half extra furlongs will suit him. Uh, Santiago, all his form is earlier in the season. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if out of out of all the kind of other market leaders, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of just didn't, wasn't able to show that form at this point now. It's a long time since he won the Queen's Vaz at uh, Ascot. Um, so to come back here and win over a mile six at this point, I think would be a good performance. Um yeah, look, Galileo Chrome, he's progressive. He's he's really doing all his improving in the last, you know, month and a half or so. I thought he was really good at Leopardstown. And then only two weeks ago at Navin, I thought he was really good. You know, he beat uh, a good horse there, an Ember of the Sun and Red Kelly, you know, two. Red Kelly's been progressive this this summer, you know, gone from strength to strength. And Emperor of the Sun chased home Princess Zoe at Galway. I think that's really strong form. Galileo Chrome was five lengths too good then. And uh, I think it's a big move from Joseph to, to send them over. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think he's the best option out of, uh, in what looks an open race. One of the better ones, one of the better ones, of course, by Australia. I, Mike, I echo everything that, that Ronan has just said about Galileo Chrome. thought his best performance uh, was at Leopardstown. And um, on his second last start, what would you, I suppose, would you be as bullish on one here? You're hardly going for the old rogue English king, are you? No, but thank you for asking. Um, I think Golden, I think uh, Galileo Chrome has got every chance. And it's fascinating that Joseph is sending young Shane Cross across to ride it, um, which is certainly, it's, it, it's his first ride in a British classic, certainly. And I need to look up whether he's actually ridden in Britain before. Um, and it's quite a race to come into the ledger. I would take a chance against them here. Um, and a horse that did me proud at Royal Ascot um, and has done nothing wrong since, because I think he's lightly raced. Someone else who's never had a classic win in this country is Owen Burrows. 
And I liked Hook, whom I thought he ran really nicely in the in the Jeffrey Freer. Yeah, it's a big step up from winning a handicap at Royal Ascot. But unlike some others, he's the only this is the only one uh, race that he had has been in the Jeffrey Freer. I mean, let's look at him. We've got three in the race. Hukum, Pile Driver, Santiago, all won at Royal Ascot. Hukum's had less races than the others. Uh, and I think he will go very well at a half-decent price. Pretty good, Mike. We'll stay with you and we'll come back over, of course. Barry, yeah. Can I just mention one more? Sorry, before you go on, sorry to interrupt you, but Sunchart is very interesting there and just deserves a mention for uh, Andrew Slattery. Um, they, they obviously had a chance to sell this horse earlier in the year and Pat Garvey decided to roll the dice with him and keep him. And, you know, he probably hasn't had a lot of enjoyment out of him because of that, because obviously not being allowed on the course. But he's ran some really big races this season and a huge form boost today, obviously, when Peace to won the May Hill. Uh, and that was a, a listed race in Leperstown. He was over, um, and he was quite close to the pace that day. And I remember they went really fast, and Pisa just came late, was held up, and came and just nailed him on the line. They've ran, they've, they've rolled the dice again and brought him over here. Um, Andrew Sattery Jr. is going to ride him. It'd just be a, a nice story, and I wouldn't wouldn't put anyone off him at a big price, thirty three to one. Um, you know, as I said, he's some nice form earlier in the season. He was second in the Ulster Derby. He didn't run too badly in the Irish Derby. Uh, and this mile and six could could bring out the best of him, so I wouldn't put anyone off him at uh, around thirty three to one. Interesting you say that actually, because I had thought that that this horse might have been better on on maybe softer ground, and just interesting that they decided to go here versus staying at home. I, I kind of a bit puzzled by that because um, his best runs have been when there has been a slight slight bit of of give in the ground. Um, was obviously thirteen lengths behind San Diego, and then went on. On, on yielding ground to finish behind Red Kelly um in a handicap. Um so yeah it was actually it was the was it the Ulster was it the Ulster or the Ulster Ulster Derby. Ulster Derby, yeah. Not Oaks. <laughs> um yes. So Mike we'll actually come back now to the to, to this side of the ocean. Um for the the the, the Irish St. Ledger. Um we have an English challenger here. I'm gonna give you a quick show of of betting. Favourite of course I'll pull it up now. Twilight payment eleven to four for Jarrah Prince, uh, ten to three. That's the English challenger. Sovereign four to one. Master of Reality seven to one. Micromanage. I think he's interesting uh, for for the Master of Close Sutton. Uh, Search for a song ten ten to one. Galileo Chrome of course probably won't go here. Um, Nayef Road sixteen to one. Passion uh, sixteen to one, and it's twenty to one. Bar Mike fancies. Well, I think the thing to say about this race is, you know, how much longer can we call this a classic? Obviously, we're talking mm. before final decks. 17 entered, three of them are three-year-olds, and one of them, Galileo Chrome, is clearly going to Doncaster, and he isn't going to turn up at, at the Curra. So you've got a maximum of two three-year-olds, and obviously that is a massive shift. Three-year-old won it last year, and the smile on Chris Hayes' face when uh, Search for a Song came home was was one of the great sights of a very memorable Sunday, of course, mm. which had been dominated by... Um, of course, Meigler Day as well. Race. Um, I think Joseph's got every chance of a, of a, a double, to be honest. They like Twilight Payment as well. I don't think you can rule Pondus out either, a horse that's improved enormously. For Gerard Prince at the age of six, winning a classic, I shan't sleep tonight. Um, and Willie Mullins' micromanage has been... You know, he's had just the one run finished third. It's not a good race. I'm sorry. I don't like saying that about him. Uh, it's, it is a group one in name only, this. 
it's not a great race um, and Sovereign's got to go close for Aiden. But for me, um, I will have Joseph and I would go with Master of Reality if that's the one that turns out out of the two, because I don't know whether they'll run Master of Reality and Twilight Payments, but I think Joseph, whichever carries the first Lloyd Williams colours, will do for me. Well, you're, you're questioning the quality of the, of, of the race, uh, Mike. Well, um, yeah, Micromanage is actually priced up for the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Um, so I think, uh, I think, I, I listen, I think he's interested in Ronan. Um, back here, haven't had just the one run, as Mike said, after 470 70 days off the track. Would he be, would he come out, to, come into your radar? He's interesting, Barry. Of course, he is. He, he, he bolted up last season off a mark of 91. I remember Donnacho O'Brien rode him, and at the same time when he won. He got quotes for the Triumph Hurdle and quotes for the Derby, I think I remember. So there's not many horses who uh, salvage that sort of reaction from the old bookies reps. Uh, obviously, I think um, I think he's a horse who needs a bit of give in the ground, which he'll get this weekend. Obviously, we didn't see him till he returned maybe uh, last month. He was in the ledger trial and he ran quite well there. So if he comes on from that, um, you know, he needs to come on from that fitness-wise, and he probably needs to improve again. But he's lightly raced, and you know he has the run behind his back now. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran well at all. Look, it's not a great race. It's it's uh, don't get me into the old classic uh, debate. It's it diminishes the word classic if you call this a classic because it's just not. It's the older horses looking and calling it a Group One because it is a Group One. Fair, fair enough, but it's not a classic race really. Um, yeah, look, I. I, Sovereign is interesting, Barry, to be honest. Look, he, we don't really know. Still hasn't proven if that Irish Derby win was a complete fluke or whatever. But I thought he ran okay behind Enable. Um, you know, he's interesting enough. Twilight Payment is consistent and has probably elevated his form to a, a decent level this season. Probably a bit better than he usually has been. And he'd probably top the market. It's not a race I'd be getting hugely excited about, to be honest with you, out of all the group ones this weekend. But if you push me for one, I'd probably go with Sovereign. I think he's interesting. I'd like to see how he goes here. Interesting. That's moving from the stair, staying races, um, as Ronald was saying, classics this weekend, on to the, the sprinters. And we're going to come on to Sunday again, which is the, the, the 310, the Flying Five. It's a group one. Uh, over five furlongs for three-year-olds and plus. And Dennis Hogan looked to have all the aces um, for, for, for this category early on in the season. Of course, the ill-fated uh, sceptical would have been probably lining up in this. He has make a challenge. who's nine to two. Um, there's there, there's still a 17 entered for this, lads. It was one last year by the, the, the Philly Fairyland. Um, seven to two now, best price. I think the, the cut in the ground, it's, it, it's scheduled to be yielding. I think, Mike, you might confirm that for Sunday, um, but that would probably suit him. Yeah, it would suit him. Um, but I actually think there is a quite strong British challenge for this. I think this 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 could well go for export. I thought, I thought Gaeth on the Saturday and this on the Sunday were the two most likely races to make their way back across the Irish Sea because there are three with real chances. Our alley, of course for Simon and Ed Crisford. And then also you've got Kea Mora, who ran the race of her life to finish second and make Batash work, let's remember, at York. And, and not much, uh, not many have, have been able to do that. And in addition to that, you've got um, glass slippers 
And for me, yeah, Kevin Ryan does ever so well with his sprinters. Glass Slippers hasn't won this year. Second to Patash and Goodwood. And I think he's a proven five furlong horse. And I rest my case on the basis of a spectacular demolition job in the Abbey at uh, Longchamp. And with the ground possibly using, I think, Glass Slippers to beat the Irish. And this is probably the one that might just be um, heading up the M7 towards the motorway on Sunday night. Yeah, Mike, you said it. Of course, the, the English challenge will be coming for Dennis Hogan here. Second, third, fourth, fifth and sixth in the betting. All English trained. Uh, one one actually, Ronan, um, that, that has been threatening. Um, Mike mentioned Batash, but um, Equilateral is, is, is a talented sort. Surely to God, there's a big one in him. He says a bit of money for him, 10 to 1 from 14s. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, didn't he, was he a Royal Ascot winner at some point? Um, he was second um, behind Batash at Royal Ascot. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a look. I think I agree with what you're saying. You're looking, both of you are looking at the British angle there. It's gone for export for five of the last 10 years, this race. And Group 1 sprinting, well, just sprinting in general in Ireland has probably never been really a strong point. And uh, this is only a new Group 1. And it's only been a Group 1 for the last two or three seasons. And um, we're still kind of trying to build that up, I suppose. Look, Make a Challenge would be the best story. We had, uh, Barry, you spoke to Dennis Hogan about Skeptical earlier in the year. And obviously that's very sad what happened there. And uh, but he still has make a challenge, and he's been mopping up most of the sprints around here. S- uh, soft kind of ground would would suit him, and he's obviously got a good chance. I just think the English might the, the level that the British horses bring just kind of raises it a bit too much for make a challenge at their kind of combined level. And the one I kind of liked was A Ali. Uh, he obviously came over to the Curra and beat make a challenge earlier in the season over the course and distance. I thought he ran okay behind Batash and obviously KMR who's got a reverse form there, but I think she has produced most of her good form at York. Uh, a Ali has obviously won at the Curra, so he's got a good chance of reversing the form at least. Um, and he was quite weak in the market before the non-torque, which was interesting, um, and still ran okay. Uh, when he was fourth, he wasn't beating a huge amount. So uh, back at the Curra, I'd give A Ali a, a decent chance here, I think. Comes late as well, doesn't he, Ali? So there'll be plenty of pace on here. Maybe an opportunity for him to come from off the pace. 4.10, which is probably my favourite week- race of the weekend, lads. Uh, the Irish National Stakes, seven furlongs um, for two-year-olds. Battleground. Next year's Guinea's winner, Ronan Groom? Yeah, it could be. Definitely, it could be. Um, look, he's the first, uh, first progeny of found and uh, obviously his son of Warfront as well he's got the blue bird breeding he's done it on the track and he's probably you know we'd probably say he's the only real uh pretender this year for uh, Baddy Doyle they've not really got the two-year-olds off the ground yet as a collective unit uh, some price isn't he yeah he I mean he's he's kind of led the way he won the Chesham and he won at Goodwood same race Pinatuba won last season Master of the Seas I was very impressed with a new market uh, I just thought that was a really smooth performance, and but you know I just think this race that they um, the bookmakers have priced it up on the pretense of it being a big superpower clash between Godolphin and Barry Doyle. You have Master of the Season Battleground, and that's how this race has played out in recent seasons. You, like you look at last the last ten, last ten winners, Ronald Groom, include Power, Dawn Approach, 
Yeah. Obviously, obviously you have it's your good Alfin Angle there. Glen Eagles, well, I don't think actually Don Approach was owned, was he, at that stage by, by good Alfin? But Glen Eagles, Churchill, Air Force Blue, and Pinatubo. Aidan O'Brien has won 10 of the last 20. Yeah, Quarto obviously won here as well, it'd be Anthony Van Dyke. So usually it ends up kind of some sort of battle between the two, but I think that means you're you're neglecting Lucky Vega, who, if you're just analysing this on form, has got the best form in the race uh, off the back of his, you know, really impressive performance to win the Phoenix. I think he'll stay the trip fine. He's by loop, loop de Vega, uh, so the extra furlong will be fine. And if you're just analysing them what they've done, I thought he did the best time figure, the best, he had the best rating in Europe after he won the Phoenix. Uh, people might crab that form. We haven't really seen much of those horses yet. A lot of indices might run here as well. Um, I just thought that on the pure form angle, and I obviously completely respect Master of Seas and Battleground given their super connection, super power connections. But on what they've all done, I think Lucky Vega is was probably the most um, underrated at the market. I think he's around the three to one mark now. Uh, so when declarations come true, if he was still behind. Battleground Master of Season in the market, I'd, I'd be probably looking to have a play on him. I thought it was only Jessica Harrington Phillies you were after on and groom. Now, of course, going for um, yeah, the Lope de Vega called Mike Vince Battleground. You think he was 14 to 1 after his good way, good way performance, 3 to 1, some price for, for this horse here, I think. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will be talking about Master of the Seas because, of course, um, Apple be going for three in a row after Quora and then uh, the Pinatuba. But Pinatubo arrived at the Curra last year with the mother and father of a reputation. And the vibes I'm, that I've picked up are not as strong uh, about Master of the Seas. I mean, the, the, the fascinating thing for me, I mean, I, I, I put the Irish two-year-old form in the bin mark far too difficult for a number of reasons. And, and particularly, you look at this race, and then you look at the Taros, where military style was the winner and is in the field. Um, and where Mark Mason, who I can see running a big race for Joe Lyons, was third, Charterhouse was fourth. He might turn up. And a horse that beat one home was Max Swinney for Jim Bolger, who then goes on and wins the debutant. So, I mean, how, what on earth do you make of that? And I think, you know, the Bolger horses are, are in form at just the right time. Uh, this is a right head scratcher for me because I could make a case out for quite a few of them. Love to see law, laws of indices. Uh, run well for Ken Conlon. He had a long, he had a, a big press conference earlier in the week. He couldn't have been more helpful and more open. And I think the score is one-one if my memory is no, no, it's two-one to Lucky Vega, isn't it? Because he beat Lucky Vega in what was it? The railway, because the railway was run later than usual this year. He beat him in the railway, then got turned over in the Phoenix. And I think they met, didn't they, in that very, very hot maiden that Lucky Vega won at Nace in about the second week of the season. Ah. Uh, I think if Max Swinney's any sort of each way price and Jim Bolger turns up, bearing in mind that I find it hard to knock the debutant form. I think he could be too big, but you know, this is a race to watch and not to bet on because you know, the, the form lines are so messy. Interesting. By, by new approach as well, Max Swinney. And um, yeah, look, lads, listen. I think I think um, Battleground looks seriously genuine, a tank of a horse. I, I was actually wondering would he be better on softer ground? He's going to be is going to be yielding, um, but I just think three to one, and it's still three to one there. I think that's my actual bet of the weekend. But we'll, we'll come on to bets of the weekend um, in a couple of moments. First of all, I want to go around the grounds, just anywhere I suppose. Any handicap selections, horses elsewhere? Mike Vince, start with you. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm when it comes to the nap, I've got one for Doncaster on Saturday, not in the ledger, which I'm going to put up. And look, you look at these handicaps, it's difficult, obviously, because we haven't seen the final decks for Sunday yet um, from the Curra. Uh, but I think uh, the way Miran ran in the uh, Dundalk uh, Premier Handicap, yeah, he's got top weight um, and uh, wasn't beaten very far. They claimed off him that day. Now Shane Foley takes over from Danny Sheehy. I think he's got a huge chance of defying top weight in the Patingo. He's drawn in eight, which is fine. And that's in the second race at Leperstown on Saturday. So, will we stick with you, Mike Vince, for... No, we won't. We'll go to Ron and Groom. Anywhere around the grounds? Yeah, um, I, I think I, I was on the same call. I must have been on the same call as uh, Mike was with Johnny Murta. And he was very interested when he started talking about Moran, what they've done with him this season, how they've trained him, trying to get him to settle. Went for the 10 furlongs at Dundalk and then... Now that he really fancies him coming back up and trip for that Patingo handicap. So, yeah, I'd echo what, what Mike said there. Uh, the one handicap one I liked was Silver Spear for uh, the aforementioned uh, Andrew Slattery, who we were talking about with Sunchart earlier. This Silver Spear, I know from talking to Andrew during lockdown, he really, really likes him, likes her. Um, he said she improved two stone over the winter. And they were talking about the guineas at that stage. Um, he was just thinking about what, what race they were going to go for. She had a little setback, I think. And hasn't so far hasn't gone to plan. But she ran okay in a handicap at, at the Curra. And then was third at Nace when she was just knocked about a bit in the last furlong. She's, they obviously still think a lot about her because she's still in the Flying Five, which is obviously a group one. But she's a mark of 84. She's in the, uh, the Bowl Lad sprint handicap on... The first in the first race of the car on Sunday, if she shows up there, I, I I think she's really interesting off that mark. They, considering the regard that they hold her in, she's a I think she's a full sister to Craig's Pipes, who is Andy Slattery's very good horse. who won the Topaz Mile out, out in Galway. Uh, they just think a lot, an awful lot of her, I think, and she has the potential. You know, if she if she has the potential to run in a race like the Flying Five, she should be winning a handicap off a mark of eighty four, albeit a very competitive one on Irish Champions Weekend, but I'll, I'll definitely be looking out for her. <clears throat> There's one in the handicap, lads. It's actually the very last race on Sunday at the Curra, the five the five fifty. It's a premier handicap uh, for three-year-olds and plus. The one I like here is Bashir. Uh, still, he's, he's, he still looks like he could win a race off Mark in 90. He's a four-year-old. Has the right type of a profile for, for, for a race like this. I think his best performance of the season did come last time out where he finished second um, that was over a mile, a mile and four. I think. I, listen, I, I think, I think it could be interesting, off, off that mark. That's an, it's a Naga Can horse. Bashir Dermot Weld, in the last race. There's no prices obviously available for, for that just yet. Um, naps and MB. I might as well give you my nap, lads. Battleground three to one. Uh, head. I think it could be head and shoulders above the rest of the two rows that we've seen both sides of the sea, um, um this year. And my NB. Um, I go, I go, I go with Galileo Chrome. Um, I, I do agree with Ronan, with everything Ronan had to say about him. I think he's being progressive, and I think he has to improve. But I think he, it's it, he's capable of it. Um, Ronan Groom, Nap and MB the weekend. Yeah, Nap. I got to go with Galileo Chrome. I did another podcast with uh, for my own publication. We did uh, Don McLean and Rory Dlargy on her, and they were very sweet. And just Galileo Chrome as well. I, I think he's uh, a rock-solid option for the ledger. And next best, I'll go with Champers Elise's in the Matron on uh, Leopard Sound on Saturday. 
Interesting. Mike Vince, your record on the Champ that podcast for Naps and MBs has been impeccable this season. Exemplary. Well, I will next best Moran in the 235 Saturday at Leperstown. And the one other point I just want to make, I agree with everything Ronan said, is let's remember that Danny Sheehy is replaced by S. Foley. And he would hardly describe that as a negative. Uh, the nap goes in the park stakes, three o'clock, Doncaster. It's not going to be a big price, but they wouldn't be sending Wichita to Donny. Frankie rides 4-8 Nebran. It doesn't look a very strong race to me. I think it's got a massive winning opportunity. So Wichita, three o'clock, Donny is my nap. Brilliant stuff, lads. I suppose that concludes the Champion podcast ahead of Irish Champions Weekend. Just four weeks now until the jump season kicks off. And I suppose we'll be building up to that on the, on the channel. Make sure to like, subscribe, and I suppose interact. Let us know what you think ahead of, of the weekend. Any plans for the weekend? Ronan Groom, when are they going to open the pubs? <laughs> what, two weeks, hopefully. What did they say, 20, 21st? Hmm. I went for uh, I went for a pint last week and in uh, booked a pub where they've the pub that we always go to have uh, combined with the restaurant beside them to 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 uh, serve food and uh, I was absolute heaven now I have to say just in there for an hour and a half four or five pints of Smittix it's it's uh, the simple things in life really you don't appreciate it till it's gone. Plenty of people this side of the border have been crossing because up the north, Mike, the the pubs are are open um but uh, any plans for the weekend for mike vince You've, uh, you're calling you're calling a couple of german races i think i am uh, doing a betting shop in the next couple of days uh, sis has shown baden baden both friday and saturday mark johnston got runners in the two feature group races but both days franny norton is flying out i to see how franny norton gets <laughs> on with the germans uh, could be very entertaining but of course they've got an amateur race with a 63 year old kevin woodburn is their leading amateur uh, so I've got, what, 27 races to call over two days. So wish me luck. And then hopefully I'll get to watch Sunday, uh, sadly, from my home rather than being at the Curra. But if you can't um, go to the pub, uh, then at least you can bring something home, open it, turn on the telly and enjoy seeing Roland Groom tip you seven winners <laughs> in my dreams. Well, 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 well we, have, we, have, we have a nickname for Roland Groom. I think we'll now start calling you Mike the Kraut Vince. <laughs> Well, like you say, uh, normally you're used to listening to me saying the hair is running. It's a different type of hair this time. Well, listen, lads, have a have a great weekend, and we we shall be talking to you very very soon, and on the Champ Three podcast. <laughs>